Hello and welcome to another episode of Behind the Blazer. I'm your host, Scott Sempier. In today's episode, I sit down with Reggie McAden, music teacher at Westchester Friends School in Westchester, Pennsylvania, and she describes what the Philadelphia Boys Choir has meant to her and her students over the course of her long tenure. Behind the Blazer is the official podcast for the Philadelphia Boys Choir and Chorale. For over 50 years, the Philadelphia Boys Choir and Chorale has been entertaining audiences near and far as America's ambassadors of song. The Emmy-winning and Grammy-nominated program has toured regions and countries of all inhabited continents, performing for many dignitaries and in many of the world's premier concert venues. This podcast, Behind the Blazer, reveals the stories from the choir through interview format. And today I'm sitting here with Reggie McAden. Um, and you are a teacher, Reggie, at Westchester Friends School. Yes, I am. Um, I just want to say welcome to our show and thank you for coming in. No problem. You're a music teacher, not just any kind of teacher, but I wanted to learn about your school. Can you tell me about your school? Oh, yes. Westchester Friends School is a small Quaker school in the heart of Westchester. And um, we have about 167 students in grade, preschool through fifth grade. And the school is based on the fundamentals of Quakerism, which is the philosophy is um, teaching kids to to learn how to settle things in a peaceful manner okay. and learn how to use their words. Okay. Okay. And um, it teaches uh, Quaker values, simplicity, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, our uh, Quaker query for the month is based on light, that there's a light in every one of us. Oh, wow. And some lights burn a little dimmer. And as teachers, we believe that it's our job to help the light brighten in every child and sometimes it's a little challenging but when you you have that inner feeling that you know there is a light in that child when 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 somebody's totally making you crazy to say (laughs) there's a light in there somewhere i've got to find that light okay you know and so so i've been doing uh well i've actually been at the friend school for 11 years uh after retiring from a public school okay and I taught at the Friends School when my daughter was little for about three years, and then I homeschooled, and I went into teaching part-time at uh, Downingtown Senior High School, and then went into a full-time elementary position that I stayed in for over 17 years. Wow. And so it's been a gamut of about 50 years. Wow, know, so. that, yeah, that's a long career. Yeah. That's, that's impressive. What, uh, what made you desire teaching as a career? Um, I had a gift of music as a, 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 as a kid, and I grew up in Philadelphia, in okay. North Philadelphia, and okay. music back then in the uh, Philadelphia school system was very prominent. Mm-hmm. I mean, you had orchestras, choirs, all city festivals, all city choirs and all. And I started off playing the piano. And which wasn't was unusual in my family. Okay. But then my mother recognized it was something that I really had a passion for, so she nurtured that, and uh, she actually helped me to go to a junior high school out of the neighborhood that had a music program, whereas my neighborhood school 
didn't. Okay. And from there, it just blossomed that I just fell in love with all kinds of music. Um, I was uh, wanted to play in the orchestra, but okay. they already had four piano players, <laughs> and me being the new kid on the block, as we would say. Sure. Uh, and the teacher said, well, how would you like to play the cello? I need a cello player. And I said, okay, not knowing what a cello was. <laughs> but then... Uh, um, Members of the Philadelphia Orchestra back then mm-hmm. taught the students in the school. You got loner instruments. They came in. They provided lessons. And I wow. started taking lessons with a Mr. Guggenheim from the Philadelphia Orchestra. And after four weeks, he told the teacher he could put me in the orchestra because I read music so well. Wow, that's and wonderful. And so I began playing cello in the orchestra. And then I went into high school, and uh, I wanted to play in a marching band. Well, you can't do cello in a marching band. Right. <laughs> and the percussion section was full, so except for cymbals. So I played cymbals for a year in the marching band, and I thought, that is just not for me. Okay. And I told the band teacher, I want to play in the band, but I do not want to bang these for another year. So he said, how about playing the clarinet? Hmm. And I said, okay. He says, well, I can teach, teach you how to play the clarinet. Gave me a clarinet, taught me how to play the clarinet, and I was in the band. So it just kept growing from that, and then I played for the assemblies. We had big assemblies back then. Mm -hmm. And uh, I loved it. And then I loved the the passion that the the people I worked with, the teachers I worked with, had for what they did, and their passion for seeing me grow. And I thought, this is probably what I should be doing. You know, and uh, I... Some, you get a feeling inside mm-hmm. uh, that, that that's where you should go. And then if you don't, you know, you just take that path and see where it leads you. Sure. So uh, I went to Temple University okay. and majored in uh, music education with a piano voice. Nice. And uh, I thought, oh, this is great. Now, my first year at Temple, I was, uh, I was athletic, too. So I, I played on the women's basketball team. And you have to realize... Women's basketball back then is totally different from today. Okay. And I thought I wanted to do that. and uh, But the two didn't match. My traveling for the choir and traveling for basketball were in conflict. So at the end of my freshman year, I had to decide which path to take. Mm-hmm. And um, knowing that I did not like the part of science that involved cutting up anything or anything like that, I felt that music was the path that I should stay on. And I stayed there and uh, graduated from Temple and um, began teaching in the city of Chester after I graduated. Wow, so it sounds like you took the passion that you saw in the teachers that you had and you continue to use it even today with the light in the the students that you teach. Well, it's... Every time, every year now, of course, because I've been teaching so long, every year the question comes, uh, are you going to retire? And I said, hmm, that's a good question. You know, uh, and I said, well, I don't think God's ready for me to retire yet. Okay. I think he will let me know when. And it's funny, when I started at the Friends School, uh, the gym teacher there, mm-hmm. she would say, you cannot leave here. And her, her son, who was in the choir, I got him in the boys' choir, okay. she said, 
you cannot leave here until he graduates from this school. <laughs> you know? So it was Luke Dominic. Okay. Okay. So uh, after uh, Luke graduated, she said, you've made your commitment, you know, if you choose to leave, because I only intended to stay there two years. Mm-hmm. And uh, I said, okay, um, but I don't think I'm ready yet to go. And then uh, there's a couple of kids that I saw, and I think, nah, I've got to get this kid going. So then there was Dallas Hernandez and his brother, Makai, that I had auditioned for the choir, and they were mm-hmm. like, Dallas was an antsy second grader. Okay. And he went through this choir, and in fact, he's in his first year of college now. Wow. And uh, the choir made him into who he is. Being a part of the choir, gave him something that made him feel commitment okay. and learn how to experience serving other people. Sure. And uh, being a, the good person, he's a really, he turned into a really good person, a good kid. And then I had Troy Larson, who's in his second year at Washington and Lee, who okay. was president of the choir for three years. Wow. And it's so funny. His mother says, this strange lady walked up to me and said, I need you to take your son down to the Philadelphia Boys Choir. She said, what? what is that? I said, he's got to go. And I came with him. A lot of times I'll come with them when they audition because the parents aren't really familiar with the choir and all. Sure. And then Troy was in the choir until, until he got into boarding school at Westtown and couldn't travel anymore. So it's been one after the other. And I actually started when I was in the public school. Okay. That's how my first boy in the choir would be about 30 years now, old now. Okay. And um, his name was Eric Hanley. And um, I had a boys' choir in my school. Mm-hmm. At the, when I started teaching at the elementary school, I was really amazed that there were no boys in the choir. Why aren't there any boys in the choir? Well, the mentality was that it's not cool for boys to sing. Right. And I'm like, that does that shouldn't be. That doesn't that, fly. That, that doesn't fly with me. And I had one boy who loved to sing, but he was being bullied basically. Right. And I had him sing a soprano solo for a concert. Mm-hmm. Everybody was amazed that that voice came out of that little boy. Right. And after that, kids started to see him from a different perspective. And so I started a boys' choir there at the school. I asked the principal if I could have permission to start a boys' choir. And he, he said, uh, well, what happens if the parents say about a girls' choir? I said, well, we have a choir that all the girls can sing in, mm-hmm. you know. But these boys are boys with special voices that will only last a short period of time. And he said, go for it. Oh, wow. So I started a boys' choir, and then we took them to an American Boy Choir concert. Mm-hmm. And I thought, oh, that's awesome. And then I said, well, my parents are not going to be sending their kids to New Jersey to board or anywhere to go to a... I said, I know there's a choir in Philadelphia. So Mm -hmm. then I came down and I talked to H and uh, brought my first boy. And from then on, it just just took off. Then the next year, there were four more. And it it got so large, because I was in a downtown school district, we would do auditions and everybody would bring their kids. I notify all the teachers they'd bring them to my school they'd audition so Mm -hmm. my goal when I my I set a goal for myself to have a kid from every elementary school in the Philadelphia Boys Choir before I retired from there and there were 10 there were nine elementary schools when I started they've added 
a couple more cents. But uh, I can say that there has been a boy from every last one of those schools go through this choir. That's tremendous. Yeah, and, wow. Uh, and that, that, to me, that, that to see those boys up there on stage singing, it was like, yeah, that's where, that's where it is. It's not always athletics, you know. Right. Yeah. So, um, it's um, it's a really a warm experience when I come to the concerts and I have this six foot two person say, <laughs> <laughs> "Hey, Mrs. Mrs. McGayton," I said, "Yeah, you yeah, know, it's a long time since the little boy that I had." Right. And um, and they still, even after I retired, one of the other teachers decided to have auditions at her school. And fortunately, her principal's son was in the choir because I contacted him one time. I saw his son sing at a school function, and I said, why isn't he in the Philadelphia Boys Choir? Mm -hmm. I said, you need to have him audition. So he got in, and that was, and David now is a teacher. Okay. A music teacher, <laughs> you know. So. Sure. That's wonderful. What is it about the Philadelphia Boys Choir that you value this choir so much that you send so many over? The first thing I value about this choir is that it teaches commitment. You cannot be in this choir and not be committed. Right. Because there are so many opportunities available. And it also teaches the boys that there's something else besides a football or a basketball mm -hmm. that you can engage in and be involved in the arts as well as athletics. You don't have to choose one over the other for the rest of your life, right. but at least allow yourself the opportunity. And uh, I tell the parents, this voice is a special voice. Mm. All boys don't have this voice. All boys don't have the ear or the, uh, the talent to do this. If your son does, it's for a short period of time. Right. And at some point, he's going to have to leave the choir. Mm -hmm. Then he can go into other things like soccer and all like that mm -hmm. on a larger scale. He doesn't have to give them up, but he has to commit to the choir. It teaches commitment, and you show up, you know, right. and it teaches service. How they, so? They get to see, well, the boys sing for a variety of events, a variety of uh Churches, they're all over the world, mm -hmm. and um, that's a service. All boys don't get to do that. All people don't get to do that. That's true. You know, to go to another country and represent, I'm an American boy, and I am singing. Music has no, no barriers, no boundaries. I tell my boys and girls, I can sing in Italian, German, Spanish, but how I present that music, you know what I'm saying, mm -hmm. you know. And um, boys from all over the world who are boys' choirs, I have a friend who's uh, he's actually a choir director in England oh, cool. and all. And um, when they get together, they don't see that they're not a part of this country or that country. They see, this is a kid like me who sings like me. Yes, there's an instant see? bond. And, and that, that you, can't, you cannot package that. You know? It's not something that you can 
just grab up. It's a feeling that these boys have when they come back and experience um, cultures, different cultures, that they wouldn't be able to do otherwise. And um, being a part of that makes me really, really, really proud. And when they come back from a trip and mm-hmm. they'll, they'll tell me what they did and what they saw, and all, <laughs> I feel like I've been there. Wow. And um, to hear a clip of my boys singing P.A.E.A.S.U. Mm-hmm. in the cathedral, mm. it's just so amazing. And I laugh at how the two boys said, Jeff said we're going to sing this, this duet, but we have to be able to project our voices loud enough. So that, or else we won't be, be able to do it. So I made them go outside the door, okay. and and I made them sing the song through the door. Oh wow! I <laughs> said, so if you can, if I can't hear you through that door, you're not singing loud enough. Then I made them come in and go to the farthest place in the house away, and sing it. And that's how you know. You connect that way with them, and if they really want to do something, they'll do it. We're going to take some time out of this interview with Reggie McCaden to highlight the annual schedule for the Philadelphia Boys Choir and Chorale. In addition to rehearsal every Wednesday evening and Saturday morning during the school year, here is a list of annual events. Pennsylvania Ballet's Nutcracker Performances in December. The Philly Pops Christmas Concerts. CBS 3 has an annual taped segment. The Today Show in New York City for each of the last two years at Christmas time. The Philadelphia Phillies for their home opener games each season. In addition, the Philadelphia Boys Choir goes on an annual international tour, spending two to three weeks away from their families. Special events like Mayor Jim Kenney's inauguration, engagements with the Philadelphia Orchestra, and many others. These are just some of the events for which the Philadelphia Boys Choir and Chorale performs. Mrs. McAden is right. It takes a lot of commitment. But if they really want to do something, they'll do it. And now back to the interview with Reggie McAden. It's a passion for them, too. Yes. You know, you have to really love it. Those who don't, don't stay. Right. But those who do, come back to the chorale. Right. You know, mm-hmm. so. Wow. So throughout your time as a music teacher, you've said you've had 10 different elementary schools represented here in the Philadelphia Boys Choir. Mm-hmm. You've had your first um, student who's now in his 30, 30 years old. Yeah, about, about 30 years um, old. And then four others. How many students have you helped uh, join the choir? And to what capacity? Like how much involvement do you have in, in their joining? I would have to say the numbers are up to about a hundred or so. Yeah, <laughs> wow. you figure. I I started this uh, back in the nineties. Okay. And um, it started out with one boy. Then there was four more. Then the next year there was eight more, all coming from my elementary school boys choir. And then adding schools around. And what has happened is, when it comes time for. Well, I even had kids that I met in a summer program, mm-hmm. and I used to do a theater camp. We okay. called Camp Break a Lake, and um, this boy sang. And there was two boys, actually three boys. Um, there were twins, and then there was a boy Brett, who was actually I think a mummer now. Okay. But um, we were in the summer camp, and I heard him sing, and I said, "Oh my goodness." 
that's Philadelphia Boys Choir Boy. That's Philadelphia Boys <laughs> Choir Boys. So I walked up to the car, and the moms are picking up. I said, I have to talk to you. Mm-hmm. I said, you need to take your boy down to, to the Philadelphia Boys Choir. And they said, the what? <laughs> I said, the Philadelphia Boys Choir. And I told them all about it. And I mm-hmm. said, I'll, I'll go with you. And had the boys come down and audition. And the twins, one of them made it and the other one didn't. Okay. But then the other one re-auditioned and okay. got in the choir. Oh, wow. He, they, they were determined. Yeah. And then once they got in, it was like, wow. So then other kids within their school started hearing about the choir because they would come to concerts. I'd invite people to come to concerts knowing that I had my eye on their kid. <laughs> I say, wouldn't you love your kid to be up there, you know? And wow. you know, and so and then um, when it comes time for Blazer, mm-hmm. I actually there's no boy that I recommend for the choir that I don't help earn their Blazer if they need me. Okay. You know, or if they ask me, and then par- other parents will say. Um, how's your boy learning your music? And they'll say, well, there's a, a teacher in Westchester who helps. And I say, Any, anybody who needs my help, I, I just work with them. And then this past summer, I had Troy. Troy was on summer break and mm-hmm. working, but he came one day and we did a choir camp. We did a one-day blazer camp. Wow. Where the four boys, we did nothing but blazer music mm-hmm. all day with a lunch break. We were determined their goal was to be able to earn their blazer by the end of the end of September. And, and most of them did. Wow. You know. But and they come back and Troy loves doing that. He'll say, Oh sure, I would love to and he talked to the boys all about his time in the choir and um, he said to them, I have perfect pitch, which he did he does. He said, and I didn't make it on the first try. So oh, wow. if you don't make it on the first try don't give up. Right, right. You know, yeah, says, very few people do. Very make it few on the people first do try. make it on the first try. He said, mm-hmm. so don't give up. And so I, I know that uh, around July or August, I'll get a phone call from somebody that someone told them that I work with the boys. Will mm-hmm. I be willing? I said, sure. You know, so this summer I did uh, Luke and Kevin uh, worked with me. I worked with uh, Leo and his brother, mm-hmm. um, Gerardo. And when Gerardo graduated from Friends. I was going to retire that year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Ruth, their mother, said, No, 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 you can't do that. Leo's still here. <laughs> you have to stay for Leo. You keep getting you know, sucked back keep, in. Keep, keep, keep getting back in. And uh, then I had Luke last year. Mm-hmm. So uh, this year coming up, I have one boy that I'm working on that I know he has the perfect voice for it. And um, it's just a matter of him feeling that he can commit to this. Right. You know, so yeah. that's why I uh, put him with Kevin. Yeah, so that... Wow. Could... Well, it sounds like you're quite the evangelist for the boys' choir, <laughs> as I would call it. Uh, oh. It sounds like you also know the the Blazer songs inside and out, maybe oh. almost as well as Jeff yes. Smith does. Yeah, well, some uh, and some that have been taken out. and um, Oh, really? Oh, yeah. The Blazer songs change occasionally, and when they change, I think of some of the older ones that were in there, and uh, think of my favorites that may not be in there anymore, but... Mm-hmm. But you know, as the, as the songs change, I'm always there to to help help the boys because they don't do Philadelphia Pride now. It's not a Blazer song. Okay. They do uh, 
Philadelphia, USA. Mm-hmm. You see, so there. But um, it's it's a pleasure for me to be able to uh, tell people that uh, I recruit for the Philadelphia Boys Choir, and I will always <laughs> recruit for the Philadelphia Boys Choir. Yeah. yeah. So. Uh, and I get a reputation now that other teachers will say to a parent, oh, look out. If she's saying, uh, when I get a kindergartner and I'll have them sing <laughs> around the room and I hear this voice, oh, where'd that voice come from? Uh, uh, and the teacher will say, uh-oh, that parent's in trouble. <laughs> you know, so that's when I start listening. Sure. When they're in kindergarten. Okay. And then I'll say, hmm. I'll say to how old is he? When will he be seven? Yeah, you know, so, so, yeah. So I, I have, uh, I have one boy that I know. He is so into sports. He won't, he won't sing, mm-hmm. uh, but he asked to sing a solo at uh, Christmas time. And when he sang, his mother was like, "I did not know mm-hmm. that he could sing because his sister sings." Right. And uh, and I have one boy now who said, "I'm going to be in the Philadelphia Boys Choir." I said, "You are." <laughs> He says, yeah, my mommy says I am. I said, well, your mommy and I are going to have to talk. <laughs> you get in the Philadelphia Boys Choir when I think you're ready. Not when you're, ready. You know, so. you're also a gatekeeper then, too. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's funny. Have you sent any girls to the Girls Choir? I had two girls who were in the Girls Choir. And in fact, both of them are still with me at school. Um, but uh, for the girls, it's a little different. The, okay. the commitment and the going back and forth, you know, it's just, um, they're just not ready. Okay. And I, well, at least my two girls are. And as you can see in a school of my size, I don't have a lot to choose from. There mm-hmm. are some years when I can barely find a boy, you know, because <laughs> in my fourth grade classes, you only have three boys. Oh, wow. And of the three of them, None of them are. Okay. None of them would make the Philadelphia Boys Choir. Sure. You know? So, mm-hmm. uh, but those two girls did it for a year or two years, okay. and uh, they both still with me. And uh, one of them still sings in my school chorus. The other one doesn't. And the one that doesn't, it's a bad matter of if you can't get to school to do my choir. How are you going to do the Philadelphia Girls Choir? Right, right. You know, and uh, but uh, most of my girls um, are into sports okay. right now. Okay. You know, because you know it's a big thing now that girls can mm-hmm. be prominent in gymnastics. Gymnastics is a big thing. Oh wow! I have uh, I have a singer who would do well in the Philadelphia Girls Choir. Mm-hmm. She has sung in musicals with the uh, media theater. Mm-hmm. And uh, she recently was uh, in Matilda, okay. and, and she um, just, I think that because of the logistics of getting into Philadelphia and all, it wouldn't work, because a lot of times when she went to the media theater, I was her her uh, chauffeur. Okay. I chauffeured her all summer, but oh, she wow. got ready for Matilda and all. And if her parent, I, if I get anybody or anything, I'll commit to the parents, mm-hmm. if you can't get them there. Mm-hmm. I'll make a way mm-hmm. for them. And I told them if, if she wanted to do theater, she really wanted to. I said, if, if she wants to do this part in Matilda, um, I'll 
help you when you can't take her I would so That's I great. became her became her driver a lot to you know to rehearsals and things and all and even to performances and I don't mind doing that for a kid and a family mm-hmm. who are as committed as I am mm-hmm. if I'm committed to your kid and you have to be committed to your kid mm-hmm. and then I'll do anything for you that's great, and that shows again your passion for uh, for people and for teaching and and the light that you see in people, and that's that's just a wonderful uh, trait to have as a person and as a teacher. So that's that's tremendous. And now it's time for just kidding jokes from the choristers and the Philadelphia Boys Choir. Enjoy. What's the difference between a teacher and a train? A teacher says no gum, and the train says choo choo choo. Why didn't they let the koala on the airplane? Why? Because you didn't have the correct qualifications. Is your refrigerator running? Cool. What do you call a person with no body and no nose? Nobody knows. What do you get when you cross a, a vampire with a snowman? Why? Frostbite. This has been Just Kidding with your Philadelphia Boys Choir Choristers. And now, back to the interview. It's amazing, you know, just like, I guess, Jeff, how he feels... Jeff feels about having his dad in the choir and mm-hmm. all. I felt that way um, when I came to the uh, blazer ceremony this year. Right. I, uh, I had one of my former choir boys drove me to the blazer ceremony. You know how the feeling that the kid that you've watched grow from second, third grade now is driving you around yeah. and, and in glad to do it. Yeah. You know, that was that was a special feeling. That's awesome. How often do you go to a concert? Do you have every year you have to go to a certain concert, or how do you well, figure it out? Well, I've slowed down quite a bit. Okay. Um, I used to follow the boys because I had a college friend before she moved to Florida who would email me when the boys were in different churches in the area and all, and we'd meet there and go, or my sister-in-law and I would meet and go. I remember that. When Troy sang at a church in Abington, my sister-in-law, my sister-in-law uh, lives up there, and uh, we all went to uh, the church that Sunday to hear Troy sing because he sang uh, he sang as um, the Frore Requiems, P.A.A. So, as a soloist for a choir there, and I followed the boys in other venues when they were in operas. Mm-hmm. You know, I, yeah, it's, it's going to be in an opera. Uh, Curtis, you know, Roy uh, Troy was a, a mall, and a mall and the night visitors. Like, go to that. But uh, I used to go to quite a few of the concerts. Now mm-hmm. I have to pick and choose the ones that uh, are easiest for me to right. get to physically. Okay. And um, the Wayne concert, the year that I parked my car so far away, I couldn't find it when I came out. I was like, this was not a good place for me to try and go, mm-hmm. you know. And so, uh, but this year, um, Luke's parents offered to drive me. Oh, cool. And so that's how I made the concert here in the city because I knew I couldn't do Wayne and I couldn't do New Jersey. I was about ready to write it off this year. And then mm-hmm. they said, I know you really want to go to the concert. We'll take you. Okay. So, so I, I try to make at least one a year, but I follow them when, whenever... I can see it on the internet. Or uh, Ruth Garcia is really good at sending clips of the boys and posting them, mm-hmm. and uh, she'll always send me something of the boys. That's so that's great. how I can keep connected with them. 
Tell me about when you see one of your boys up there on stage, not just on stage as part of the group. Is there anything special about seeing a boy that you've taught singing a solo in front of the whole crowd? Is there anything special about that, or is it just the sense of um, excitement for having boys in the choir in general? No, when I see one of my boys singing a solo, it's like it's the p- pinnacle of accomplishment for me. Mm-hmm. That, first of all, I don't doubt that any of my boys can sing a solo in the choir if they can really work at it. Mm-hmm. My thing is to have the inner confidence to stand up there in front of all of those people and perform. Yes. That tells me I must have given them something inside to make them feel like they can do this. You know, and uh, that makes me feel like I've, I've done my job. When, a, some, when one of my boys says, I'm going to try out for a solo, I said, go for it. Yeah. You know, I said, if you don't make it, keep in mind, there's always another time. Right. You know, and uh, I remember Cavan, uh, when I was working with Cavan, my thing with Cavan was Cavan. There is no such word as I can't in my vocabulary. Mm-hmm. It's I will do my best and I will do this. Mm-hmm. You know. So uh, when he earned his blazer, that was one that I was really, really feeling really good inside. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's developed confidence. And he said, oh, I could never do a solo. I said, mm, don't ever say never. Right. So now he's like, I think I'm going to try out for a solo. I said, that's what I want to hear from you. That's tremendous. Mm-hmm. As far as the boys' choir goes, do you have any favorite memories? I, I think that, you know, obviously hearing what you had to say about seeing your students have a solo, that, that might be a favorite memory. But is there a, a favorite memory or a favorite concert, um, anything that you can really think of as a highlight? for the time you've spent connecting with the boys' choir? Is there a special moment that really pops out? I think the special moment for me was um, the year that I retired from public school, which was quote, supposedly be my retirement year, yeah. that uh, as a senior project, one of the boys at Downingtown High School, whose brother was in the choir, mm-hmm. he organized a farewell concert for me that was put on by the Philadelphia Boys Choir. Wow. And uh, I was asked to write down my favorite songs and they performed just about every song that I had on my <laughs> had on my list. That was wow. the most amazing. And then boys came back. Mm-hmm and said something about me on the stage. Wow. And I mean, some of, the, and some of those boys now, I remember uh, David Gleichman. David was bright red hair. When he was three years old, mm-hmm. I had heard him sing in my Sunday school children's choir. And I said to his mother, when he is seven or eight, you need to take him to the Philadelphia Boys Choir. <laughs> And sure enough, when he was seven or eight, he auditioned for the choir. 
mm-hmm. and he made the choir, and he was became one of the choir soloists, and he went on to major in uh, music. Wow! You know, and uh, those boys coming back. My nephew, my great nephew, mm-hmm. was in the choir, and I laughed because there used to be a huge mural on the side of the building mm-hmm. of the embassy when it was up on uh, Palatin Avenue, and of the boys. And the boy on the end was my nephew, because it was, it was done from the boys in the wow. choir. And my, everybody said, how do you know that's your nephew? I said, nobody has ears like that. <laughs> 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 yeah, so, but uh, yeah, that was a very special, special time for me. It's a, it sounds like a tremendous moment, event, really. It really was. What is your plan for the future with your connection with the Boys Choir and, and why? Well, right now, I plan to just continue researching, seeking out boys and sending them Jeff's way. And, uh, and um, I will continue to do that as long as I am able to. Uh, I have, am suffering a minor hearing losses. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I can still hear. I can still hear pitches, and I can tell whether the kid can match tones or not. Mm-hmm. And um, as long as I can do that, I will. Wonderful. And it's because being in the Philadelphia Boys Choir is something that you can't duplicate in any other thing that a boy would get involved in. It can't be duplicated. They can play soccer. They can play basketball. How many of them get to travel around the world doing that? Mm-hmm. You know, that's right. You know, my kids are five years old. Oh, my kids on a soccer team. I said, great. Where is he going? <laughs> you know, <laughs> right. you know. So um, you can't duplicate that. The camaraderie, the mm-hmm. friendships that you make. I mean, I've had boys come from my school, my small school, meet boys in the choir who are in larger schools, mm-hmm. and they make friendships. Yeah. And they don't lose those friendships. I remember Grubal from Westchester, who, uh, oh, I'll never forget him. He was in the choir when uh, my first boy, Eric, was in. Eric was the only boy, so they had to find a carpool otherwise. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they found a Westchester, which was close enough to Downingtown that they could carpool. Those boys would have fun. They, they started doing things outside of the choir together. Right. And those are relationships that... Um, last forever mm-hmm. but I, I can remember the choir was singing at a bank at a holiday function and the white pants <laughs> and uh, the boys were fooling around in one of the turns turned or turning doors with hot chocolate in their hand oh, that they no. had been given and uh, the hot chocolate ended up on somebody's white pants and fortunately they were going to be singing at the Nutcracker like okay. Back then, the boys wore black pants for the Nutcracker. Oh, okay. So luckily, <laughs> he had black pants until his mother could get another pants to it. You know, but those were fun times because we, the parents, I mean the moms and all, we would just sit there and laugh, and mm-hmm. it was a great relationship. I think in the parents too. Parents got to know a lot of different people and get involved with the choir back then. When we were over at the. Uh, the old embassy, you know, mm-hmm. you'd sit there during rehearsal and listen, and, it would, and they'd have pretzels, soft pretzels would be selling it, and everybody would get there early enough, because when the pretzels would sell out, mm-hmm. you would, your heart would be broken, you know, so, but it, it was just a 
great camaraderie yeah. there. And uh, even though uh, it was just other people's children became my children. They're my boys, you know, and, and I feel that way that uh, I'll always ask a parent, how's my boy doing, you know, and uh, he's doing That's really fine. special. You know, that's a really special thing. Yeah. Well, I want to say thank you so much, Reggie McAdden, for this, um, this time that you spent to get here, to come here, to sit down with me and to talk about your time with the Boys Choir and how you've uh, helped it to grow so much and how you've encouraged so many people to come through here. It's been a pleasure. It really has been a pleasure. Absolutely. Thank you very much. This is another episode of Behind the Blazer. I'm your host, Scott Sempier. This has been a podcast of Behind the Blazer, the official podcast of the Philadelphia Boys Choir and Chorale. To buy tickets for the next performance, support, hire the choir, or audition, go to our website at phillyboyschoir.org.